Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. The Inside Scoop is a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available if their child lived in another city around the world. And I promise you guys, we have a lot lined up for you in the future. I was able to speak to an American parent who has just returned having a daughter play. They lived in Germany for many years and their daughter, daughter played throughout the German uh, system. So I'm really looking forward to that interview. I also have a friend who happens to also be a coach who also happened to recently move to Spain and then come back. And so really gonna uh, decompress and talk to him about his experience with his two kids in the Spanish football system. And this one's gonna be interesting because he's an actual coach here in the, um, in the Carolina. So he's gonna really be able to compare what he saw there and what, versus what he's seen here. And then we also have an interview lined up with a college coach from Dartmouth who was going to sort of give us some tips and pointers about the whole college ID camp scene, along with other things. And that's in the recruiting process in general. And that's an area, because my boys are pretty young, that I'm just not familiar with. And I know that parents of some of our older kids will appreciate that conversation, especially someone who is coaching in an Ivy League school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot them my son's uh, GPA, second grade, third grade GPA scores um, uh, as well. Maybe we can get an inroads there. All right, so we got a lot lined up there. And, and this show is sponsored by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is a website that removes the guesswork from in-home soccer training by offering over 101 fun soccer games and over 1,000 training videos. And all the content is 100% follow along now so go to www.anytime-soccer.com to check out the updated website and learn more about our um, services we had a lot of free content right there on the website so you can kind of see what it's all about for you and your family and if you're a, if you're a coach or a, a trainer out there listening and you want to and you want to see what it is uh, anytime soccer training is all about behind the scenes Send me an email to neil, N-E-I-L, at anytime-soccer.com, and we will create a free account for you, of, uh, create a free account for your team for a year so you guys can kind of see what Anytime Soccer Training is about during this beta phase. And I say beta phase because we're going to officially launch this summer. There's a few things we're doing behind the scenes. And it probably seems like a prolonged situation. That's because I made so many mistakes, but also because you guys are actually seeing the sausage being made. So I kind of kicked off the podcast um, probably before the product was completely done. And that's okay because I'm just passionate about sharing information that I've learned along the way and, and sharing the mistakes that I've made along the way, hopefully so that you can avoid some of them and definitely so you can be a better sporting parent. Okay, so now let's get on to the show. This is one of those shows where I am definitely going to share my opinion, and it's a follow-up to the last two shows. So if you haven't watched, listened to the last two shows, I encourage you to do, to do that, and I'm going to give you a very, very, very quick synopsis. The pre one of the previous shows, um, I laid out what I call your probability of increase, or I call increasing your probability of success, or a framework. I laid out a framework, I should say, 
for increasing your probability of success. And that framework had components to it. And I'm not going to go into those components in this show. I encourage you to go back and listen to that show, right? And the reason I call it a framework is because if you can, if you get these components right, you will definitely increase your probability of success. And one of the components that we honed in on on the um, this show, on the next show, was uh, really exploring that uh, this idea of what is important to you. Because I have a belief that when something is really important to you or something, or you value something, or you prioritize something, in many cases, you figure out a way to get it done, or at least you figure out a way to improve the situation if that's important to you. So if saving money is important to you, you will eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for 30 days or do whatever you got to do. If um, making more money is important to you, then you will either start your own business or you'll go get a part-time job or you'll uh, get more education. You'll do whatever you got to do to make more money, whatever your priorities are. If family is important to you, uh, and, and this is no judgment because when you get into that, I know the tough choices to make, but if family is, if family is your top priority, spending time with your family is your top priority, you know, you'll figure out some kind of way to, to get it, to make it happen, at least in the long term. That's sort of my belief, right? And then, again, it goes without being saying, there are always exceptions to the rules, and we have to deal with those uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. Well, what you value was a good segue into the next podcast, which was controversial. I effectively argued that I effectively said that I force my children to train because individual skill development in a skill-based sport that they're playing competitively is important to me. Now, it's not more important to me than their health. It's not more important to me than their general well-being. Being, it's not more important to me than their happiness. I know uh, all my Facebook folks out there will, will try to pick away at this, but it is a priority to me and something that I want them to do, right? And so the purpose of that show was to just hit it head on and say, I don't make excuses. Now, that doesn't mean I do, uh, I follow through with everything. That doesn't mean that um, I'm definitely not perfect, but I don't, I've, I've come to a point in my life where I just don't make excuses. So one common excuse that parents make who don't, prioritize working with your own kids in youth soccer is, oh, I would do it, but my child um, doesn't want me to, or I can't make them do it, or they don't want to do it. And to me, I hate to be harsh, but that's that's just an excuse, right? And I talk a lot about it in the podcast. So, so, so let me use another subject off something off the subject, but on the subject to say how I don't make excuses. So like right now, I, I, I want to lose some weight. I always, my boys always tease me. My wife always tease me, teases me. I want to lose some weight and it's always a struggle. Well, you know, it's a very difficult journey to lose weight. And we know that. And we, and we often fail. Most people fail. But in my mind, I'm not failing because of any other reason than my own shortcomings that I need to take personal responsibility and be held personally accountable. 
And some of that gets into how important is it to me? Some of it gets into just will and some of it gets into maybe having the right strategy. But the bottom line is I'm not not losing weight because there's a McDonald's on the corner, right? No one's forcing me to go eat, eat there, even though I don't eat at McDonald's that often, but that's that's just an example. And so, so I'm saying all that to say, it's very fine. It's very normal to say, I don't do this because I don't want to, or I don't do this because I don't have the self-discipline to do it. But don't put words in your children's mouth, right? I don't do this because of something they're doing, right? Because if it's really important to you, if it's a priority to you, I believe we can work together to figure out a way to get your child to do it uh, and it be overall positive and not negative. And then I offered some tips on what I do in that regard. Um, first of all, I keep, you know, especially when my boys first started, I keep everything really short. So especially with my youngest one, you know, we start off with five minute routines, two minute routines, three minutes, because the first, because what I really wanted him to understand was the process and the consistency, not so much the actual soccer stuff. And then we would gradually build. I kept everything very transparent. They knew exactly what they were going to do. And for the most part, I kept everything pretty predictable. So they, we weren't out there trying to learn some complicated move and random move today and then tomorrow we go out in there and try to do some other random move and then frustrate them because they hadn't learned the other one and they don't know what to expect and i talked about this in a previous podcast uh it's almost like going to a gym class you know you go to boot camp and yeah the teacher may change the content within the category of boot camp but it wasn't like it's not like tomorrow today you go do boot camp and tomorrow you go to the boot camp class and it's actually a swimming class and it lasts two hours longer. Like it was really consistent. Again, I encourage you to listen to the previous podcast to really unpack what I'm trying to, uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying there. But the bottom line is you know, in, in conclusion of that last podcast, I effectively said, listen, if it's important to you and it's within the area of being reasonable, like we're not talking about asking your kid to bungee jump, in the area of being reasonable, um, you can you can enforce a five ten minute routine and if enforcing a five ten minute routine two three days a week is going is causing them major trauma then if your child is in competitive soccer it may be something that you want to uh, reevaluate because being in a competitive in my opinion anyways being in a competitive soccer environment where you never do anything on your own uh, it all eventually it won't be as fun for them anymore and at least that's what I have seen but being in a competitive soccer environment where you do a little bit on your own so you acquire new skills you're building your confidence uh you're on the ball a little bit that competitive environment actually becomes even more enjoyable over time but that doesn't mean there won't be hiccups so I concluded that saying, it's not that I force my children on any particular day. I don't believe in the no days off and that kind of stuff. And I did a podcast on how, with you guys on how um, I incorporate rest days and how I allow them to communicate rest days to me. So I don't believe in the no days off and all that kind of stuff. What I'm really enforcing is a routine, okay? I'm, I'm forcing a routine. I'm forcing a level of consistency. And I hear a lot of chatter on social media about how uh, 
I'll use my boys, for example, how you, how your child can become as technical as my oldest one, right? Without doing all this. And then the logical question becomes, well, can you, can you give me an example? Can you send me some video? And then I can see it and, and then I can evaluate. And I, I'm not trying to be petty, but I am admonishing a warning our parent trainers out there that you're going to get a lot of people telling you, no, 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 you can lose weight. <laughs> In my weight example, you can lose weight and eat the Twinkies. You can lose weight and go to McDonald's uh, once a week. You can lose weight and not exercise. We do it. And they'll just never be able to show you the evidence of that. Right? They'll never be able to anecdotally say, yeah, I have a child and we never do any of this stuff that you're talking about. And look, they're, they're, they're really, really good on the ball. Or I have a seven-year-old and they all, three days a week, I don't have any problems getting them out there to do some of this, these basic skills that I know that are essential. But they never show, oh, oh yeah, I, I do with my seven-year-old, but it's always fun. And if it's not fun, then you're doing something wrong, but then, you know, you don't see any results. And then, so the question becomes, well, you know, you're talking about children, so why would quote-unquote results matter? Well, again, I'm talking about the area of self, self-improvement, right? I'm talking about the area of self-discipline. I'm really talking about the area of deliberate practice, right? And so what we're really getting into, and I'm rambling on, I hope you're able to follow me, is what we really are trying to, the nugget that we really want to crack, we want to get our experts into crack is, how do we instill those values in our children using the area of youth sports in a way that's positive and not negative? But the conversation is not fruitful if we're not calibrated on results. If someone goes to the, your gym and says, hey, you can get stronger without weight training. It's not a fruitful conversation if we don't know when you say stronger and I say stronger, what are we actually talking about? You know, am I talking about, you know, I use running as an example. I'm talking about a marathon and you're talking about a 5K. And so we have to we have to distill that. We have to really understand that in order to really appreciate the podcast of I force my kids to train. I don't force them to train on any particular day. I force them to be uh, committed and I force them to be uh, into a uh, commit to a routine um, that they have signed up for. Right. Um, That involves individual training. And I'll get into this in another podcast because I believe individual training is part of the curriculum of any competitive sport. And I, again, I'm throwing a lot at you, but whether or not it's competitive is how you and the child understand it, how you and the child frame it. So just so so my youngest son technically plays in a competitive soccer um, team now. This is his first year. But he doesn't think about it as competitive. I don't think about it as competitive, uh, but it's technically a, the most competitive program I guess you could be in at his age. But to him, it's, it feels like, probably feels like wreck. He's just having fun. To me, he's definitely just, I don't, I don't it's really just fun. But it's still a competitive program. And I'm saying it's part of being part of that program. He has to do a little bit with me or we'll just do, just do wreck and have fun with it. Okay. So that's a little bit of setting up with, that's a little bit of a recap of the last two shows. And this show will be relatively short because now I'm going to get into the second point. So there, there, there are 
three uh there are two more follow-on points and i'll do them in two separate podcasts so this is the first of the two that link to the podcast and i'll force my kid to train so we emphasize that i force them to be consistent not necessarily train on any particular day well the next thing on this is i don't give them what i call false choices and i see this happen a lot so this is quasi youth soccer and quasi just Neil's advice to any parent out there, take it or leave it. I don't give my children false choices because false choices are not realistic and can be damaging, I think, long term if you create an environment where, where someone has a bunch of false choices. So I don't have a strict definition of a false choice. But when I give you the examples of false choices, it will it should resonate with you. So if I came to you and said, you know, whatever, if no, if someone came to me and said, Neil, I have a job opportunity for you and you have a choice. You can make the salary plus bonus, I'm throwing it out there, and do nothing. You don't have to come to work. You ain't got to do nothing. You just check your bank account every two weeks and the money's there. Or you can make the same amount of money, but you have to come to work. You have to do everything that we ask you to do. Um, yeah, you have, yeah it's, a, it's a normal job. You have to perform. And every two weeks, you're going to get paid. Which one do you choose? Well, this is obvious. I'm going to choose the one where I don't have to do anything and get the money. That's a false choice. That's not a real choice. I don't even know what that is. Somebody, maybe somebody can write me and give me an example of what this is. Or maybe there's a, a technical or scholarly paper out there that kind of deals with this. But that, this is a false choice, in my opinion. Of course, I'm going to take the money and not do anything. Well, when it comes to working with my children in soccer, and only soccer and academics are the two main things I deal with, do with this, I don't give them a lot of false choices. I don't give many false choices. So the choice can't be dad and mom are going to drive all over North Carolina and sign you up for these teams and you're going to get to play with your buddies and have fun and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, anytime you want to go play soccer with your friends, we're going to do that. And I'm just trying to think of examples. Um, oh, you get to play in all the games and, and you never have to do anything to improve your own. You never have to work on your own to improve your game. There's no individual responsibility on your part. You ain't got to bring nothing to the table. You just got to do whatever the coaches do in the team environment. That's all you got to do. Well, that's a, that's a false choice on a broader scale, right? So once we start getting into the three and four days of an activity, then you got to show me a little commitment, right? And maybe that's bad parenting. Maybe that's not developmentally appropriate. You guys can decide. That's why I like to put this stuff out here for public consumption. Once we cross over to the two and three days that I'm out there with you watching you play and get coached and all that kind of stuff, you got to show me some level of, of individual commitment. Now, you're a child. And I'm talking like I'm talking to my boys. They'll listen to this. I don't expect you to show that level of consistency on your own at your age. 
having said that, my older one, who is 11, is kind of there, right? He pushes me now. So that's a good sign. But I don't expect that. I don't even expect that from an adult. That's why adults hire personal trainers. But what I do um, expect is that if you, that, that, that you're not going to be kicking and screaming when it's time to do it and, and so forth. Um, so that's a, that's a false choice on a, on a broader scale. And then there's a false choice on the micro level, right? Hey, Adam. Hey, Matthew. It's time to go out in the yard and do these two videos. It's time to go out in the yard and do these three videos. I'm probably a horrible salesperson. And the choice is stay on the couch, eat, and watch and play um, and play Xbox while you're watching your Chromebook, if that's not enough sensory uh, overload as it is. That's the choice. You can, you can stay there, eat, eat your snacks and stay on the couch and play Xbox and watch your Chromebook, or you can come out here and do a little session with me and then we always do some free play and stuff. And even the free play, right? is in many cases, well, free play, play with dad, they'll free play with their friends. They'll, they'll drop the Xbox or whatever to go out there with their friends. But even the playing with dad is not as appealing enough compared to staying on the Chromebook and playing Xbox. So that's a false choice on the micro level. So when I say I force my kids to train, I'm forcing them to get off of the electronics and come out there with me and, and spend a little time on the, on the soccer. But there's another component to the false choice. In many cases, and um, they might say, you know, I'll give them a choice. Hey, you can do some extra schoolwork or you can come and do a, a light soccer session with me. And then you can cho choose. And then they know they're by, well, my younger one is a little different, but my older one will say, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm a little tired today. I'll, I'll knock out some extra schoolwork and, and that's cool. That's a, that's a choice, right? Two things that are not particularly desirable, you choose which you pick your poison. But hey, do you want to have ice cream or cake? No, no, no. Do you want to have ice cream or or salad? That's not that's not a choice to someone who prefers to eat unhealthy. Which then brings me to the final point. I'm dropping this piece actually for my boys as well, because they're gonna listen to this. So them and the five listeners that are probably out there, I'm gonna drop the other piece and then we're gonna wrap this up. There are three types of people out there, right? There are three types of people out there and you take this one to the bank. They're self-motivated folks, right? They're people who you can get a, like Eric Thomas calls them, they're lions, they're not gazelles. You ain't gotta encourage them, you ain't gotta do nothing, they're on it. So we'll take fitness, for example. They're people who are gonna go to the gym, five in the morning, light clockwork. They don't need, a, they, they need an alarm clock, but they don't need a partner. They don't need a trainer. They don't need anything. This is their thing. They're self-motivated. You got people like me in business. I've had a couple of businesses. I don't need someone to tell me that I don't like working for people. For the, I don't want to work for somebody for the rest of my life. I'm motivated in that regard, right? Um, that's just me, right? And then I'm sure you have things in your life that you're self-motivated to do. So when it comes to working out, there are people who will, if you, who are self-motivated to work out. They're going to be some kids. I, I question whether or not really young kids are doing this at, at the level that even my boys are on their own, but I'll be happy to hear your feedback. But they're going to be some kids who are self-motivated and some that are not, but they're going to be people, there are people out there who are going to just do it on their own. That's one type of person. 
Then there's another type of person. This is the majority of us who will definitely do it if they have a partner, a team, or someone to encourage them, right? This is the majority of us. That's why we hire, that's why adults hire personal trainers. That's why we go to the boot camp classes. That's why we go to gyms. It holds us. We have that one other person or that institution or that program that kind of holds us accountable, right? And there, and most people will bite the bullet. If you got somebody to come to your house and say, okay, Neil, it's time to get up. We're going for the run. Most people will, will do it. Right. If you have someone that can kind of push them a, a workout buddy. But then there's a third type of person and you meet people like this, no matter what, they're not intrinsically motivated to say exercise. And no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how many wellness programs the company has, no matter how easy you do make it, no matter how many easy YouTube videos are out there. No matter what the deal is, you can make it two minutes, you can make it 20 minutes, you can make it one minute. There is nothing you can do that's going to get that person to uh, exercise or get better at this thing that they know they should be doing. In this case, exercise or I guess maybe soccer with kids or something. And what I am saying is you don't want to be you, 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 you don't want to be that third person. You actually don't even want to be the second in the second group if it's important to you. But sometimes I'm in that second group. Sometimes I'm in that first group. But you don't want to be in a situation where you know something is important uh, and valuable, I should say, like working out or exercising. You have a friend. You have a spouse. You have uh, a company. You have an institution. You have a doctor. You have a mentor who is telling you, I will go down this journey with you. I will be with you every step of the way. I will take you there if that's what it needs to, needs to happen. I will help you if that's what it needs to happen. I will come to your house and wake you up if that's what it takes. You don't want to be the person who, um, given all that, still doesn't do it. And so when I put this, this whole show in the, in the bow, there's two things I'm effectively saying. I, well, three. I don't force my kids to train on any particular day, but I do enforce a routine. And I enforce that routine because it's important to me. The next thing is I don't give them a lot of false choices. I don't give them long-term false choices. You get all this soccer attention from your dad and the family, and you have to give nothing in return. This is not my personality. That's not my, that, that wasn't my parents' personality. And so I don't know, they just lost a parent lottery on that. I'm not, I, that's just not me. So I want to be judged. Please email me or please go on Facebook and say, listen, man, you're going to drive your kids crazy because I, I do read that stuff. And then I do, I do change based on feedback, especially if I hear some good feedback. But that's, that's a long-term. And then I don't give them short-term false choices. Uh, you can have ice cream or you can have a healthy meal. I, I know. Or you can stay on the Xbox with your friends or you can come out in the yard and play with me. That, this is a false choice. And then the final point on that is there's three types of people out there, right? There are people who are self-motivated. Uh, they're lions, right? And then there are people out, I guess Eric Thomas would consider them to be gazelles, where if you push them or if you chase them, they will run, right? And then there are people who, no matter what you do, just not gonna not gonna get off the couch. 
And I don't want to raise people. I don't want to be in the third category. And I don't want to raise people who are in that third category. So I'm gambling right now that I can force them into these routines. And then the light bulb will go off for them. And I'm gambling in a way that I'm hoping that this doesn't ruin their uh, youth soccer experience. And so far it hasn't. But, you know, you'll know when they get older and they get more options. Now, in conclusion... In conclusion, we're going to follow this podcast up with um, another podcast that I've been promising, which will be the third part of this podcast, on just a few details on what I do not to stress, to avoid stressing my sons out during these training sessions, because none of this stuff matters in theory, right? The Everything I'm telling you is theoretical. None of this stuff matter. It matters if on the ground, they're unhappy. If on the ground, you're yelling at them or I'm yelling at them, it, it, it has to be an experience that is manageable for them. And to that end, right, and to tie it back to what, we, what I talked about with Anytime Soccer Training, uh, I use Anytime Soccer Training to train other kids other than my son. And what I realized is, um, boy, I really need to make sure that I get the fundamentals down. And I really need to make sure that they're in, they buy into the process in the system before we worry about the soccer. So what we're going to do with what we're doing right now, we're in production right now. Um, and if you haven't seen the product, this may not, may not re uh, res re uh, resonate with you. But if you have, then it might, but you still should be able to picture it. Our videos on average are between seven and 10 minutes. Some go as long as 15 minutes. What we're gonna do is all those videos, we're taking each move, each component, each move, no more than one or two moves, and we're putting those into smaller preparatory videos before you even get to the full workouts, right? So the first ball mastery video may be toe taps and then toe taps going in a circle or something and you got to do that five times and that'll be about two minutes before you even get to the full video that explores like you know eight or nine different variation of toe taps and then the line cone dribbling would be you know you got to do one cone sorry one touch right foot weave five times right with and if they're third they're interval based so like 30 seconds each and then you got and then that's one video and then you do the left foot that's another video. And then you do both feet. That's another video. And they're like two minutes, three minutes, right? And then you get into the longer video, which is still only about 10 minutes. And why am I saying that? And why does that tie into what I said earlier? Because when you start getting into quote unquote, forcing your kids to train or forcing them to stick to a routine, I have seen this over and over again. You don't want to force them into a no days off situation. You want to force them into a level of consistency in a way of thinking. That's more important than the soccer. So I'm not forcing them into two-hour workouts. I'm not forcing them into an hour workout. I'm forcing them. I want you to be able to force them into two minutes, three minutes. And I want you to be able to say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can handle this right? It's 30 seconds each, 10 second rest. After three um, 
after a minute and a half, you get another 30 second rest and you end with two more videos, uh, two more intervals, all of, all of which is about two and a half minutes of actual work. I know you can handle this, right? And I just need you to trust the process. And if you trust this process, you will grow, you will become better and you will buy into what me as the parent or me as a coach or me as a, a trainer are trying to do. I have testimonials on my website as we speak from people, we haven't even launched yet, who have bought into this pro uh, process. But guess what? This is not an anytime soccer training thing. My boys were technical, my older one especially, way before I thought about anytime soccer training way before I thought about it. You know, I would go to YouTube, spend the hours, write it out, type it up, and that's what we would do. So knock yourself out. You ain't got, don't, just ignore this. But if you want a systematic program that does this stuff for you for less than a dinner for two for the entire year, which you can, I can get for free now because I want people to try it out. And then, uh, then definitely give us a try. And so that's my soapbox. That's the that's the second installment of this whole I forced my kids to train podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I rambled on and I got to ramble because last thing on I am going to start rambling on a little bit more because I make so many, so many mistakes with these podcasts and I constantly have to redo them. That is absolutely exhausting, but I want to get the content out there to you guys. So you may hear me ramble on and not my thoughts flow here and there. But that's because I just want to get it out there and I have to go ahead and wrap them up quickly if I'm going to be able to do that. So I appreciate your patience. Definitely comment on the Facebook group. If you're not a member of the Anytime Soccer Facebook group, search for Anytime Soccer Parents and Training uh, Parents. Yeah, I think it's Anytime Soccer Training Parents. And we'll come up or, or go to the website and, and look for, for the group there. All right. This is Neil Crawford. Let's get better together.